0: the Free Presbyterian Church of Ulster we present, Let the Bible Speak. It's good to have you join us today as we spend time around the Word of God, preaching Christ in all his fullness to men and women in all their need.
1: to welcome you to our Let the Bible Speak program. It's good to be able to join with you, and we trust as we do gather here, that you'll know God's help as you hear God's Word being preached. As we gather here, we trust that the Lord will bless you as we bring God's precious Word. We're going to read God's precious Word. We're going to turn to Acts chapter number 17. Acts chapter number 17, verse number 16 through to the verse number 23. And we're going to read God's Word. Let's read together. Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him and when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Therefore he disputed in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and the Stoics encountered him, and some said, What will this babbler say? Other some, He seemed to be a settler forth of strange gods, because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to Arachabas, saying, May we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is. For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears, we would know thereof what these things mean. For all the Athens and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship him, declare I unto you. Amen. We know the Lord will bless the reading of his precious word. We're going to seek the Lord in a word of prayer. Uh, Let's come afresh before the Lord. Uh, Let's seek God as we gather here. Eternal God and loving heavenly Father, we come into thy presence this evening. O oh Lord, we thank thee for the, the opportunity to bring thy precious, precious word. Lord, we thank thee for the message there in Mars Hill, how Paul preached the word of God. And we thank thee, Lord, that thou, O oh Lord, see of precious souls. And as we gather here, O oh Lord, we come and we look to thee, O oh God, for help given to this preacher as he preach thy word. We pray also for those that are gather, that listen. We pray that you'll gather their hearts to realize that they are lost without Christ. Lord, come to Christ who is the answer. Lord, we pray that thou would open up hearts, take away the scales from off their eyes and draw them to thee, O God, we pray. O Lord, I pray, O God, that thou would give, give us power as we preach, that thou would lead and guide, that thou would guard us, Lord, and thou would keep us. Lord, even today, we pray that you'll use us for the glory and the honour of, of God. Lord, we pray, O God, that Thou wilt be with us. Lord, we pray, O God, that Thou wilt move upon this land once again. We pray that there be people dra- drawing unto Thee, and knowing that Christ is the answer. O Lord, bless our time here, we pray. O God, we ask, O God, for all things. These things are gathered before Thee, in Jesus' name's sake. Amen. The people of Athens were existing but they were not living for God. They were running from so-called religious experience from one to another, and then they were going to another as well. One was not enough for them, so they moved on to look for one more. And it is by the grace of God that a preacher came to that area to preach Christ. He was not a man who sought popularity, power, or position, What he sought to do in that land was to show the land that he cared for their souls and cared that they would prepare to meet God. Sometimes it takes a mountain to make you see. Sometimes it takes the desert to make you want to break free. Sometimes it takes troubled waters to make you want to flee. But sometimes it takes all these things to happen to let God take hold of thee. At the age of 15, a young man called Charles Haddon Spurgeon listened to many preachers preaching God's precious word, some with great ability, some others just with ability, but the word of God was always preached. But he heard one day a preacher preach the words, look unto me and be ye saved. Those words made him realize that he was a sinner and God set him free from sin. Today, that's your opportunity to know that you you too can be saved and that you, though a sinner, can be set free. The Apostle Paul was brought to his knees on that road to Damascus and God touched his heart and God saved him and now as he enters Athens, he sees what I see today. He sees a land in great need and he sees the people's need. I want to speak on the subject of the turning point. And as we do so, I want us to concentrate mostly on that verse number 16. For therein we'll see, firstly, the first turning point that God sent His servant. It says in verse 16, Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Paul enters that area of Athens and he's waiting for for Silas and Timothy to join with them on this journey. But God begins to stir within his heart, having a desire to reach people who are lost in their sin. And as he looks upon their heart, his heart is broken because of their need and their lack of understanding and knowledge of the things of God. He just wants them to know the truth. They are ungodly, and the Bible says they were given unto idolatry. And the reason why Paul's heart was stirred is not in awe of how they followed the idols, but he recognized that there was a people who desired for knowledge or the truth, and they lacked understanding in the things of God. And the turning point was when God sent his servant to that area, with a burning desire within his heart. You see, back in verse number 13, Paul was in Berea. Paul preached the Word of God. He did not preach himself because he was devoted to the Lord. And he now comes, and he's, he's moved by God, he's sold out for God, to preach the truth with no care. No care for his own gain, but for the glory of God. Paul looks at these people and they're wholly given to idolatry. But when Paul preached the word, it is a word which affects the hearts of the people. Many alive has changed, especially when you read over at verse number 34. But this great sermon at Mars Hill began, yes, in this verse where God began to stir him, where God stirred his heart for a community who were bound by sin. But as he did so in verse 23, he says, I found an altar with the inscription, to the unknown God. He says to the people of Athens, you don't know God, but let me tell you a little about him. You see, God's the one who made the earth God's the one who made you, and God is the true God over all things. We can see that in verse 24. God hath made the world, and all things are in, seeing that He is Lord of heaven, and earth dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Paul preached. Paul brought a word, and Paul brought a word in time of need. Such was the need in his heart, Such was the need of the people. Such was his heart affected when he viewed a people ignorant to the true God. They had filled their city with idols, and yet they were lost in their sin. Wasn't it a blessing that God sent his servant to bring them truth? There's a second turning point. Let me find that again in that verse number 16 and into verse 17. It says, now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him, and he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Therefore, disputed he in synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and, and in the market daily with them that met with him. The second turning point is where God's servant came with God's message. You see, God's servant wants to do all that he can to see a people turn from their sin unto salvation. And he begins to speak to the the Jews. He begins to speak to the Gentiles. He begins to speak to those who were devout worshipers of idols, for those that were not worshipers of any. He began to speak to those also who were interested in knowing about worship. And in verse 17, he comes to the marketplace and he goes to the highways and the byways and he goes to reach a people. And the people want to know what he believes. And Paul wants to point them to the truth. But Paul doesn't just go and hide. And Paul just doesn't say, well, I'm going to hide. But he speaks to all the people because such a people were needing God's salvation. It could be said that Athens and the people of Athens were just existing. But they were not really living because they were running from one God or so-called God to another God. They were religious without experience in God's salvation. They experienced idol after idol. And this continued, but on the grace of God, and by the grace of God, God's servant stands in the midst and God's servant stands with a message, and God stands, God's servant stands then with a message of hope. And Paul stands there in the midst. He was a man for God. And he began to do something in that area of Athens that nobody else would do. He told them the truth about God because he cared for their souls. Seeing that need for the land was so great, he could do nothing else but share with them what he knew to be true. And notice that Paul doesn't say, Paul doesn't say, I am Paul. Notice me or follow me. But he begins to tell them about the God of heaven, which they don't know. He preached Christ. And in that verse, number 28, it tells us, For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also of his offspring. Paul was telling them, I'm on the family of God. The people of Athens, these idols that you have of stone, of iron, etc., you're cleaving to them, you're cleaving to sin. And Paul says, but God is real. And it didn't matter what the people would do to him, because the people needed to be saved, and the the need of the people outweighed his thoughts for himself. They needed to hear the gospel. Paul could do nothing else but tell them. Yes, the Bible tells us, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And Paul comes to a people, and he bids them to listen, and he exhorts them to think of Christ there in Mars Hill. You see, Paul has experienced a new birth, and Paul knows God, and he has accepted Christ as his own and personal Savior. No wonder his desire was mentioned in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, that I might know him. Jesus, who died and rose again from the grave, and Paul tells these people at the end of verse number 18, he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. The third turning point we have in this passage once again leads us to that verse number 16 and through into the verse number 18. It says, "Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him, and when he saw the city, wholly given to idolatry, therefore he disputed, disputed he with the synagogue, with the Jews and with the devout persons, and in the market daily with them that met him, and certain philosophers. Of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him. And some said, what will this babbler say? Others some he seemeth to be a settler forth of strange gods. Because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. And the third turning point is that God's servant wanted them to know the truth. There was a recognition that they had religiosity. There was a recognition that they served other gods. But then comes Paul. And these people gather around Paul, the Epicureans and the Stoics. And Paul's right to go amongst them. But there was no consideration for Christ. And the people are turning to their own ways. But in verse number 18, the people begin to mock Paul. They call him a babbler, or meaning that they call him a fool, and they're trying to discredit the message of God's servant, and the reason this, they do this is because the message of God's precious Word was effective in reaching the hearts of men and women and young people, and some didn't want it. And there was a turning of people, a drawing to hear what God had to say and what Paul had to preach. Therefore, those false leaders of the day, they take steps to make people turn away from hearing God's precious word by trying to ruin Paul's reputation. You see, they knew if they could ruin his reputation and discredit his character, of that preacher. They could try and discredit the message because they said he was a settler forth of strange gods. But the strange thing here is that the people could believe anything else. But they could not believe the truth. But without doubt, as Paul preached, there was that turning point for some because even though the enemies begin to to attack, the Bible says in verse 34, Howbeit certain men cleave unto him and believed. You see, God was beginning to do a work. In verse number 19, there's a concern that say, they say, May we know. Verse 20, we would know thereof what these things mean. You see, some try and discredit, but others desire to know. There's a fourth turning point. God sends his servant. And he shows the love for their souls. Verse 16 tells us Now, when Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him, and he saw the city wholly given unto God, unto idols. Verse 20, 22 Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that, all, that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by, I and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship him, declare I unto you. And Paul gets straight to the problem with the people. He says, you're too superstitious without true religiosity, meaning that they were lost. And he brought them to the realization that they could be devoted to idols all their lives but still face damnation to come. And he tells them the truth that as he passed that way, he came across the altar with the inscription to the unknown God, and it stirred his heart. And he says, this is the inscription, but I could go past no longer but with all the love within my heart I declare unto you. And he says, your actions, your religion, your worship at this altar is nothing if you don't know God. And Paul doesn't condemn them as he was, as the others tried to condemn him earlier. But he instructs them that the unknown God needs to be known. And he says about this altar, listen, it's to God, verse 24. God who made the world. God who is over the world. Not like the gods that they claim of stone, of iron. But he states to them that God resides in heaven over all the earth and there's none like him. And he recalls to their mind something. He reminds them of creation. That heaven and the kingdom of God is not a place made by hands showing them not like these old gods and they did not do anything that nothing that they can do gives them God's salvation, but he tells them it's all about God. And as we see this preacher, he's a man with a heart for the things of God. He's a man who holds nothing back. And because of the urgency for people to get right before God, Paul preaches because we know, for we know not what is on the morrow, What is your life? It is but a vapor. It a little time and and vanisheth away. Yes, there were times that God allowed people to live in their sin and sinful lives. Paul says, as I say to you today, God commands you to repent. Because there's coming a day when each person will stand before God. It says in verse 30 that in times of ignorance, God winked at but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof we have given assurance unto all heart that he hath raised him from the dead. And then finally, my fifth point. The fifth turning point is where people turn to God. In that verse, number 32, it says, Howbeit certain men cleaved unto him, and believed. Praise God for that life-changing day, that day where those that came to know God's salvation, it was decision day, that they clave towards the things of God. But you know, in that passage it says that there was, there was certain which believed. There was people there who believed, some of the Athenian high council, responding to gospel call. A woman responding to gospel call. Others did, but it was important for them that God's servant went that way. And yes, people might know your name, but these people realized that this was their turning point. And by them getting saved, it meant that their names were written in the Lamb's book of life. They were known of God. And I wonder is yours. The apostle Paul was a preacher, who said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Today, I wonder how you stand before God. Are you saved? I pray that today will be your turning point, that you will turn to Christ. And I would encourage you to turn to Christ right now. We're going to seek God in prayer as we close this time gathered. I trust God has spoke to your heart. And if God has spoken to you, seek first the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we gather before thee, Lord, we thank thee, O God, for the apostle Paul going to the people of Athens. We thank thee for this opportunity to bring thy word to a people today. O God, we pray that you'll bless it to the hearts. Save precious souls, we pray, and use thy word for the glory of God. We pray these things in Jesus' name's sake. Amen. Amen.
0: You for spending some time with us today around the Word of God. For further information, visit our website at ltbs.tv. We look forward to joining with you next time as we seek to let the Bible speak once again.